the 26th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. This project is made possible by the Tao Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. For those folks outside of New York, CUNY stands for City University of New York. I am a graduate of that program, not a student. And if you don't know me, I have a long history covering and researching the far right, specifically a hate group known as the Proud Boys. And I am exhausted because last week was completely bonkers. There's no nice way of saying it. But I wanted to invite you. Some people asked about this. I'm going to play it for you right now. I have no idea how that sounds. That's the accordion. Everybody asked about the accordion. They wanted the accordion. The accordion is here. Now, if you are a music nerd, you know exactly what chord I just played. It's a very easy chord. The left, just some accordion fun facts. The left hand for a right-handed accordion player is your bass keys, which is the circle of fifths. So it's actually quite easy, although you cannot see anything you're doing. So it's all muscle memory. It takes forever. I would say at least a year before you're barely playing the, the instrument. It is extremely difficult to play. If you know a good accordion player, kudos. Tip of the hat. This is not an easy instrument. And it's incredibly dorky. No one goes, hey, you play accordion. They go, oh my God, you play an accordion? So it's, it's you know, but that fits with me because I've been a nerd my whole life. So let's get into it because there's a lot of clips. They're kind of long this, this week. Here's the headline. Hunter, Hillary, and Hysteria. The week of the Mar-a-Lago search, a condensed overview of 20 hours of Fox News media for the week ending August 14, 2022. A typical Fox News viewer might think that the FBI planted highly classified top secret documents at Mar-a-Lago while at the same time believe that Donald J. Trump declassified the material. A Fox fan might also believe the plot was part of a vast deep state conspiracy to prevent Trump from running for president in 2024, and that the government was creating a secret army of armed IRS agents who will solely target Trump supporters. Last week, Fox News spent nearly 60% of its airtime dedicated to the FBI search at the Trump's residence at Mar-a-Lago. In contrast, PBS focused about 20% of their coverage on the Department of Justice decision to retrieve top-secret documents from the property of the former president. Now, I already did an episode and podcast of just Monday night's coverage of the Mar-a-Lago raid slash search, whatever you want to call it. I know that's a controversial thing now. I had been calling it a raid. Then I discovered that, like, all of mainstream media was like, no, it's not a raid, it's a search. Call it a search. A raid evokes all kinds of other emotions. And I'm like, I don't really care. Look, if you have classified material in your home and you don't give it up and you say you're going to, but you don't give it up and you just keep ignoring, I think it's reasonable that they would say, you know what, we're going to raid your place. And I did think it was funny that they kept emphasizing like, Trump didn't even know they were going to do this. I mean, isn't that kind of the point? of a search warrant, you don't get a letter beforehand, like, we're going to come to your, because then you just hide the stuff. Duh. I mean, that's, I don't know. There's a lot of stupid this past week. And yes, I did dedicate an entire episode to just Monday night 
Um, and that was the most popular podcast and newsletter that I've ever done, which thank you if you read or consumed either one. That was kind of amazing because I decided to do that because I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back. I'm going to get every single hour I possibly can and go through this like a fine tooth comb. And it was actually pretty fun, even though I was exhausted. And uh, just trying to explain this to people. Like I saw some people this weekend and they're like, oh, you didn't have time for that. Oh, you didn't have time for that. I'm like, the president was like a traitor last week. He might have been a traitor. So I kind of had to deal with that. I do want to address one thing on this podcast before I get into the first clip. And that is, I think a couple people have been disappointed that I'm not more of a left-wing warrior. Um, that is not the point of this podcast or the newsletter or the project. I want a diverse audience. I want as many people from as many different political backgrounds and belief systems as possible to listen to this podcast. This is not about my personal political beliefs. This is not about me promoting any sort of political agenda. This is about me dissecting, breaking down, and exposing Fox News for the prop propaganda machine that it is. And I know that that affects a lot of people from a lot of different political backgrounds. So I want to be open to all of those people because that's the whole point, to get this message out to conservatives, to Republicans who might be more moderate, to people who have left the Republican Party, to moderate Democrats, to progressives, and even some leftists if they can stand listening to me. <laughs> I don't think a leftist could do this job because they think they'd be driven crazy by consuming this much Fox News. <laughs> so um, I don't identify as a leftist, I'll say that much, but I don't really, I don't really get into my own political beliefs because I, I, that's not the point of this. So, um, and you don't have to agree with any of my politics. If you notice them somewhere, I don't, it's fine. I'm just here to break down Fox News. So the first clip, I had fun with this, is I did a supercut of the entire week. And I'm not going to stop this at every voice because that would just be crazy. There's too many voices in this. But I'm just going to play it and you can hear kind of how fever pitched this was. And these are clips from day one all the way to day five of the week. Here you go. We have some breaking news. Former President Donald Trump says his home at Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida is, as he describes it, currently under siege, raided and occupied by a large group of FBI agents. And why people aren't lighting their hair on fire. Imagine what these people would have said if the Trump DOJ had executed a search warrant on Hillary Clinton's home. No family in American history that has taken more arrows in the back than the Trump family. They did everything. They gave him the political enema of his life. Hillary Clinton paying foreign agents to interfere with an election. We don't believe in the deep state anymore. We don't trust their titles. We're not impressed by their badges. Right is a Trump appointee. Christopher Ray. Christopher Ray is as much a part of the deep state as the rest of them. Hunter Biden is having sex on tape while doing crack. Third election. This is the third election. We know they well, doctor Jesse. evidence. We know. And frankly, we're living in this age of rage. My favorite line in that was the, so random, but it was Laura Ingram going, we don't care about your titles. We don't care about your stupid badges. <laughs> her like smug laugh and her like low way of talking and very clenched voice and the way she speaks. Laura Ingram, Laura Ingram. Like, it's just kind of funny to me because like, are you really saying that like if you were at your home and an FBI agent like came to your door and 
flashed a legitimate FBI badge, you'd be like, well, I don't care. I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed with your stupid badges. <laughs> no, I think you'd probably call your lawyer immediately. But you know, hey, what do I know? So the next clip is um, what I noticed, another kind of supercut. This past week was so weird to analyze because it was 60% was this subject. So that's overwhelming. That's It's not normally that lopsided. It was absolutely bonkers. So this next one is just, I noticed a trend and I'm not saying I have evidence. I have no idea. I've heard rumors that there are like talking points passed around among Fox. I have no idea. But some of these terms were very specific. And the fact that not only Fox hosts, but Fox guests would whip these phrases out seemed a little suspect that this was spontaneous and not at all coordinated. But of course, I have no evidence. It just, you'll, I'll play it and then you'll see what I'm talking about. And now, once again, we see that while Joe Biden's in office as an, and his Praetorian FBI and where the FBI has become a Praetorian guard from Rome. And yep. instead of viewing the DOJ and the FBI as, as rule of law, I think we need to view them as the Praetorian Guard of the administrative state. You know, IRS Praetorian Guard or... This is the Rubicon being crossed. This We've crossed the Rubicon to some extent where... You gotta have a way, not be a banana republic like this action is. By the next administration, this is something from banana republics, not the United States of America. Matt Whitaker, that's exactly what we've begun to hear. Banana republic. Thank you so much. It looks like Banana Republic stuff, as everyone said. What happens in Banana Republics? That's what happens in third world countries. And this well, is I third mean, world we do have Banana Republic stuff. All right. This is Banana Republic antics. Having a home of the 45th president of the United States. We're entering a basically a Venezuelan, Zimbabwean, East German style Banana Republic in which the law doesn't matter. What matters is power. Wow. They say Banana Republic. I think it's an understatement because it really feels like we are there and beyond. To wield against its adversaries, question mark, Banana Republic. For us to take back Washington and put a stop to this type of Banana Republic nonsense. In a Banana Republic, this is clearly third world regime security services stuff. I'll kind of give them the term Banana Republic because that sort of makes sense from their worldview, why they would say that. But I do find it a little suspect that nearly everyone used that exact same term. Like, really? Banana Republic. The one that just made me go, give me a break, was that three guests used the term Praetorian Guard out of thin air. Really, we're going back to Rome now. And then the other one was crossing the Rubicon, which I just thought was ridiculous because how is this a battle? What are we doing? Um, okay, that was laughable. Um, and then there was another term that I didn't include in that montage because it wasn't as oftenly phrased and it wasn't as cleanly, I couldn't make clean sound bites of it. But there was a couple folks on who, who uh, called the United States communist or that were about to be communist. And Fox News loves to use the following terms to scare the bejesus out of their mostly boomer-aged audience. And those terms would be socialism, socialist, communist, Marxist, or communism. That is all nonsense. Yes, you can find Marxists in the United States. Like, not many of them. You can find people who identify as socialists. If you actually sat them down and said, do you want the government to own everything? They might say, well, no, that's not, I want like Sweden. And you go, okay, well, that's not really what 
the traditional definition of the term socialist is probably not actually what you want, but okay, I get it. That's how you're identifying. It's fine. Communist is like, I, again, you're talking about some like academics in a basement, like the People's Republic of Communists discussing a far off dream that's never going to happen. When you look at the United States, one of the things that drives me absolutely bonkers about Fox News is they are doing something that's very much equated in the right wing, where they take democracy, which is a government system, democracy, uh, rule by the people. And then they take an economic model, which is capitalism, and they act like they're this one and the same, that you cannot have one without the other. Well, there's plenty of countries that have a free market, they have capitalism, but they're ruled by a dictator. They have a totalitarian government, yet they have a free market. Plenty of countries that have that. Um, most of the Middle East, Russia, many some countries in Africa. So we are not, that's not exclusive. Those are not two things that always go together. Now, communism would be as if the government owned everybody's home, everybody's business, all, all the equipment, all the land. The United States is hyper-capitalist. It is capitalism on rocket fuel. Uh, not only do we have an incredibly free market where we have 30 million small businesses, about half of Americans own at least one share of stock, and about half of American families own property. We are huge into capitalism, love it or hate it. That is the United States way. So to, to act as if we're on the brink of socialism is absolute madness. Uh, even like the, the people who identify as democratic socialists, if you were to break down their policies, they are not asking for the government to own the means of production. None of them, even the most radical members of the squad, they might want government in healthcare, they might want an expansion of Medicaid or Medicare, but they don't actually want like Starbucks to be owned by the government. They don't want um, every single farm to be, I mean, collective farming, that's just laughable. We're so far away from that. So that, I mean, it's just this boogie boogeyman term that Fox uses all the time inappropriately. And it's just absolute nonsense. So I just had to get that out there. Um, the next thing up is, this is just a guitar loft. Um, discussing kind of the way she saw the search at Mar-a-Lago with the panel. And if you don't know the five, it's one liberal voice with four conservative voices. And they do that on purpose because often you're going to hear, hear this in the clip. The four voices just bully the one dissenting voice. Here you go. All of Trump's talking points have exploded in his face, whether it's on stuff that he has released on his Truth Social account himself or the people that he has dispersed all over television to proliferate his lies, including his own children, saying that he didn't get a copy of the warrant. Christina Bob, his attorney, confirmed that on our network and other networks. They did have the warrant there. He said President Obama, when he, I love when he tattletales on himself, President Obama did this too. He took the nuke materials out, you know, in his back pocket. Not true. The National Records Office released a statement that President Obama fulfilled protocols, 30 million documents, went through them to Chicago, following protocol, respect for the law and the way that things are done. It is too mind-blowingly arrogant, I think, to sit here and say, I know exactly what's going on, and to call the Attorney General of the United States of America a loser, I think that's the word that you use. No, he's a loser. <laughs> oh, he's a real loser. Great, Dan. Like a genuine I, loser. I an just, actual I can, loser. 
And I, 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 I've I known mean, losers I'm in my life, and Merrick Garland is, is certainly not. He is a total loser. Okay. He is burning down the constitutional he republic, targeting the, this guy. The former, and you don't know what's in there either. No, and I can tell you what's not in the PP hole. But I can that I don't An actual PP tape. I can tell you what was on the Hunter Biden laptop. Actual pictures of him with hookers smoking crack. Guess what? Hunter Biden was not president and will not be. the pearl clutching about how Barack Obama was a standard and paragon of justice on the Democrat side. Hillary Clinton literally oh paid a foreign go. spy, paid a foreign spy to in. produce a hoax about this. And you're just, citing the Democrat Party as a paragon. Don't just, make me laugh I, I on the set. I sat there and listened to you. Well, so just you, let me finish. you brought up I just wanted being a loser, of, no. which he is. So okay. if he stopped being a the loser, I wouldn't here, have the need to respond. The, okay. The point here. I wanted to include that clip because I think it's really indicative of a person who's not into Fox News dealing with someone who's completely immersed into the Fox News universe. And I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast and read my newsletter, that's exactly why you're into it, is you have a relative, a friend, a loved one, someone who's close to you who's all the way in. And it's a very difficult thing to deal with. And Jessica does pretty well in that clip and that she relatively remains calm. He doesn't. He, you know, gets to name calling, is condescending. He just shouts over her. It's what a lot of them do. They just yell at you. I have a relative who does this. I won't say who my relative is. I won't even give that person's gender. But I have a relative who will uh, text me just angry screeds and call me up. And within 30 seconds, no matter what I'm talking about, just starts yelling and talks about conspiracy theories and talks about this or that. Like, out of nowhere. And the best thing that you can do... And it's much easier said than done. I'm not telling you that I know everything or that I'm an expert at this. But I've had this type of job that's very adversarial that I have to deal with people who get very angry at me all the time. And I will say the best way to handle it is to remain like calm as stone. Just super calm. And just change the topic. Say, you know, I don't want to talk about that right now. Thank you so much. I think it's great that you believe that. Thank you. I'm going to talk about cats. <laughs> I'm going to talk about baking. I'm going to talk about that sports game that we just watched. I'm going to talk about the weather and just try to pivot away. Because if you try to confront someone like Dan Bongino, it's not that you can't win because he's just going to shout you down. He's just going to scream at you. And it's more about navigating them than about winning an argument or winning a debate because they don't even know what a debate is. He thinks it's a debate if he calls you stupid. He thinks he's winning a debate if he calls you a libtard or, you know, insults an entire group of people. That's the mindset of somebody like him. And that's why I think it's such a joke that they put him on the five because I'm like, are you kidding me, that guy? Because it's like, oh, great. You know, because at least, uh, I don't know, because I, I don't think Waters is much better or... Uh, Gutfeld is much better, but at least they try to come across as that, like, we're arguing, we're not just calling you names and, and screaming at you. But that's why I included that, is, is kind of an example of, I would say, a, a bit of a lost cause. I mean, with somebody like Dan Bongino, just be like, thank you. And she did well. And that the one thing she said is, you know, this is my time to speak. I have a time to speak. She didn't insult him back. She didn't get nasty with him, even when he said, clutch your pearls. She didn't say, shut up, you stupid, you know, lug of a man or anything like that she just remained remained on focus and kept going she's a master at this it's a very difficult thing to deal with people that 
angry at you all the time. I deal with it every single day. I get comments like this on Facebook. I get comments like this on Twitter. It's just part of the gig. I don't worry about it. I don't take it personally and I just let it roll right off me because it's just like you're a nameless, faceless person on the internet. But I know it's much, more, much more difficult if it's a loved one. This next clip was freaky because the day we all found out that the government was basically looking for documents pertaining to nuclear weapons. They weren't specific on what type of documents. Um, two people on Fox mentioned it before it got released to the public, which was interesting. I don't think they had insider information. It was just a little like jaw dropping. So um, the first is Dana Perino. And uh, she said this at 513 roughly that day. I don't understand how a document can be this critical. Like, unless it has, you want the picture, you're saying if it has a picture of Putin and Trump making out? Yes. I'm like, short of the nuclear codes being written on these documents in a locked behind closed doors, I just really don't understand how a document could warrant this kind of warrant. I don't want to hear they found some small ball piece of paper like a memo about Madagascar. The attorney general has to use discretion, right? When you come at the king, you best not miss. He didn't have to do this. Carlin better find the nuclear football in there, or this thing is a major scandal. So I think what really actually happened there is because um, Jesse Waters is on the five with Dana Perino, is he heard her say that at 5.15, and then he kind of jumped on it and said it again on his show at 7. That was Thursday night. We found out at about 8 that night that that's indeed what the federal government was looking for. So that was completely crazy. And I found that I posted it. That one did crazy well on Twitter. I was super far behind from the workload last week that I was going through Jesse Waters after the news had broken about the nuclear stuff. And so nobody else had caught that. I caught it because they didn't catch it because we didn't know until later. So Oh my, it was like funny to kind of go back in time and catch that. So this next one is uh, Steve Ducey kind of being a little bit adversarial with other people on Fox. And this is very rare for the network. And I'm kind of wondering if somebody at Fox told him to be this way as a backup. I, it seems very like just in case this is all true about Trump, they don't want to look like complete idiots. I'm not really sure. I'll just play it. Just seeing this through the entire FISA court, where a judge, a federal judge, was lied to well, to get the warrant. We don't know um, that the FBI so a lot, lied to the judge. We don't know. The person who heads up yeah. the FBI right now was appointed Chris by Donald Wright. Trump. Correct. He was kind of, you know, at that point he had fired James Comey, so he had to take somebody from the agency. Maybe that wasn't his first choice, and, and, and that's a very good point. He was appointed but, by know, Donald uh, Trump. I understand that completely. Uh, I don't know if Trump was such a big fan of him, though, uh, based on well, the comments today. that he made. No, not today. No, not certainly. But even when he was in office. But I think Marco Rubio, Steve, says it best, right? Senator Florida, he asked the question of the day. We were talking about things uh, that were covered by the Presidential Records Act. And, you know, we had heard through the week, you know, maybe there was a menu from a state dinner or a napkin or something like that. In, in this case, and the, and the part you're talking about that is scary is uh, both the Washington Post and the New York Times have sources in, it sounds like, the Department of Justice speaking anonymously, uh, talking about that apparently they're not just classified, they're not just top secret, but they're from the special access program, which is the top of the top. These are the biggest secrets. And apparently they involve 
nuclear weapons. Uh, we don't know if they're ours. We don't know if they're theirs. Uh, but it is pretty terrifying to think that uh, the secrets, the very biggest secrets for the country, were down in the basement of, the, of that resort. So the question is, Jonathan, if they can't find it, you know, there are only a certain number of these documents. If they can't find it, but they know they gave it to the president, they know that it was in his custody, then what happens? Yeah, that's really what a lot of us are beginning to noodle on this morning. Uh, those accounts are troubling. That would be uh, really the apex of classified. Yeah, a lot of folks on Twitter made fun of, uh, that's Jonathan Turley's voice saying noodling, which that was pretty funny. We're just noodling on that. So I did think that was interesting that uh, Steve Ducey was being that adversarial with other people on Fox because you just don't see that. And I'm like, wow, I wonder what's going on there. Steve Ducey has been with the network forever, and I think his uh, place at Fox and Friends is pretty solid. Uh, that might be why he's going out on a limb. It, it, the rumor is that Fox and Friends is probably the most tightly controlled show on the network out of all the shows that they have. It, like the news shows, the ones with Brett Baer and like Martha McCallum are kind of straight news shows. Um, Fox and Friends is supposed to be like their fun morning show, which it, I, it basically is, I guess. But the rumor is, from what I've read in books about Fox News and what other people have written about Fox News, is it's incredibly tightly controlled what they say on the show. Whereas the primetime shows are kind of left to their own devices, which is why they often don't agree with each other. And the five is sort of in the middle of the two. And that the five is fairly controlled, but they are given a little bit of leeway. Um, they talk about it on the five, like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble because I said that, or the producer's going to get mad at me because I said that. So they openly kind of admit it on the five when they step out of line. Whereas uh, from what I've been, like Fox and Friends is supposed to be very tightly controlled, which makes me even more suspect that do see someone higher up in Fox management is telling him to do this because it just seems very out of character. I haven't seen this since mid-February with him openly being, because he did it today, he did it this morning, but it's a totally different clip, which will be in next week's podcast. So the next one up is, I'm going to do the voice, I'm going to do the accordion. I don't know what I'm going to play in the accordion yet. This isn't the formal bumper, but just because you guys went the, the, um... It's a bogus expert! So if you don't know me, I do this dorky, um, you know, Midwestern accent from like Minnesota because I'm from Missouri and it's not that different, Missouri. So don't get mad at me. Okay, I've eaten a lot of processed cheese in my life, which is proof that I am not from the South. I Do they eat it in the South? I know they in the Midwest, it's basically a food group. So, um, you know, that's cheese that's not really cheese. So the bogus expert of the week this week is Stephen Miller, everybody's favorite human ghoul. Um, I found this clip kind of amusing because it reminded me of growing up in Missouri and getting into political discussions with 10th graders who do not know what they're talking about. And I say this as someone who was a 10th grader who did not know what I was talking about, admittedly, admittedly. But I knew a little bit more than they did. <laughs> little bit more because I'm the type of idiot that would read like 10 books on a subject and now with the internet don't even get me started the amount of research I do on anything so because I'm a nerd this is what I like to do it 
you could tell that I was a nerd in grad school because my favorite part of journalism was the research. I think I'm probably the only idiot who that's my favorite part of journalism. So let me just play this clip and you'll hear what I'm talking about. Donald J. Trump is the classification authority. He is the decider of what is and isn't classified. So national archivists and FBI agents saying we know what's classified, not Donald Trump, would be like a heckler at a Yankees game actually getting to make the calls when he disagrees with the umpire. Donald Trump is the umpire of what is classified. This is all pretextual for get Trump. It didn't take, it doesn't, it's not declassified two days later when some lawyers put some markings on it. At the moment <laughs> right. he decides to yes, declassify no, it's, yeah. it, it's declassified. Correct. <laughs> the processes that bureaucrats create to keep themselves busy are just <laughs> that. I'm so, it's amazing. Yeah. This is such, Donald J. Trump is the classifying authority. So for some upset, angry Democrat, deep stater at the National Archives who's searching for their one moment of meaning in life. This is my one great chance. I've got bad news for you. Your authority to overrule Donald Trump on classification is zero. It is absolutely 0.02 infinity. And yet we have all these people breathlessly on CNN and MSNBC acting like somehow the National Archives has finally figured something out they've got on Donald Trump. Well, guess what? They're all wrong. They've always been wrong. And this is the the most embarrassing one yet. You see what I mean when I say like 10th grader? Like if you ever tried to have a really, I wouldn't recommend this, but sometimes children who sort of start to get into politics think they kind of understand what they're talking about and they have no clue what they're talking about because like they don't even get like basics of like the electoral system. They just have no concept and they'll just get all worked up and angry and you're like, well, bless you for, you know, caring about politics, but you're too young to kind of understand what you're talking about yet. And I'm not talking college student. No, that's an adult. I'm talking like kid, like child, like a minor, someone who cannot vote yet for good reason. And that's what he reminded me of when he was like, he's the declassifier. So therefore these things are declassified. And if he says it, then it is. And I am Stephen Miller and ha 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 ha. Like, dude, you wrote speech, terrible speeches, mind you, for the president, and you came up with horrifically disgusting, disturbing policies to take people's children away from them. That's what you're known for, you little weasel. You are not any expert on intelligence or classified documents. Sit down. Shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. I don't either, but I would at least have somebody from, if I was Jesse freaking Waters, I would at least have somebody on from, I don't know, former FBI, uh, former State Department, someone who had uh, from the archives to talk about this rather than, you know, random Stephen Miller who's just going to go, to infinity, I know I am correct. Ha 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 ha. That's my imitation of Stephen Miller. I can't stand him. Does anyone like him? He's scary. He like, look, like the, there was a, anyway, I won't go on about Stephen Miller, but oh my goodness, nightmares of that man's face. He I, I came up with this as a joke on Facebook, and I'm going to share it with you. This is a true thing. I don't know how old you are. It doesn't matter. Any age can do this. Look in the mirror. Take a picture of Alex Jones. Look at Alex Jones. Tell yourself that Alex Jones is 48 years old. He is only 48 years old. That's true. 
look back in the mirror. You look amazing. Now, before you go, well, that's just one person. No, no, no. Take a picture of Stephen Miller. Do the same thing. Look at yourself again. Look at Stephen Miller. Then remind yourself that Stephen Miller's 36 years old. Okay? Look back at yourself in the mirror. So I personally think when your soul is that full of hate and that blackened, it comes out in your face. And I say this as a person who's of a certain age. I'm not young. I'm Gen X. So that's just, I'm not going to say my age. Gen X is a, is, a, is a range of ages that's not 30. I'll say that. So you can kind of understand that I'm not saying this is a very young person. Oh, look at them. They look old. No, they look far older than they should. And they look just sadder. It just came out in their face. It's just so sad. But do that. It's like an affirmation. Remind yourself you are not Alex Jones and you will feel better about the universe. Okay, so the next category, very quickly, because we're running out of time, is stories Fox News thought were newsworthy that aren't newsworthy. Okay, first up, Paul Pelosi, Paul Pelosi Jr. accompanied his mother on her trip to Taiwan and other Asian countries. Jesse Waters is really trying to make this a story, but so far he hasn't offered any actual evidence of corruption or unethical behavior, so I could care less. Next up, Paul Pelosi DUI arrest. Nobody should be driving drunk. Anyone who drives drunk should face the consequences of their action. It appears that Paul Pelosi is doing just that. There's no cover-up. There's no bribe. There's no anything. And let's remind Mr. Waters that Paul Pelosi is the husband of an elected official. He's not actually elected. Now, the next one is a journalist at Politico named Ali Vitali wrote a, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. That's what it looks like wrote a book in which she quoted Liz Cheney as saying, everyone comes up to me and says, I would vote for you if you had a penis. Now, I'm sure there's much more in the book, but Fox News ignored everything else in the book and kept focusing on that quote, and they kept making jokes about it. And I, I didn't hear anything else about this quote or the book anywhere else on the internet. I was just confused. Why is that a story? It's 2016. Somebody said penis, so you just got to keep running with it. Okay. Now, the next section is every week I compare PBS NewsHour, which is straight down the middle, nonpartisan, super amazing program too, by the way, with Fox News. So it's five hours versus however many hours I covered on Fox News. And the scary thing is, is that PBS includes three times as many stories as Fox. Even though I'm only watching five hours, it's like story after story after story after story on PBS NewsHour. And Fox is just saying Hunter Biden. 300 times. So here we go. This is quite a list. It's even more this week than usual because Fox was truly dedicated to one story last week. So here we go. First one, Ahmed Aubrey case, the four, the, the three men who killed, he was a jogger in Georgia who was killed by three white men for basically no reason. They were sentenced for federal hate crimes. Um, there, the war in Ukraine, there's developments in that. The U.S. weapons are helping them. There's also rising concerns about shelling near a nuclear power plant. It was also the fifth anniversary of Unite the Right, the rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, which saw these hate groups get organized and come in this city in Virginia and wreak all kinds of havoc and scare the heck out of everybody. And they, one of them killed Heather Heyer in addition to injuring 35 others when he rammed his car into a group of unarmed people. That was a horrible day for America. The grand jury ruled not to charge Carolyn Bryant Donham. She was the woman who accused Emmett Till of whistling at her. Emmett Till was a 14-year-old black child who was visiting in the South, and he was uh, drugged to his death, 
murdered by a mob basically for being a 14-year-old black boy in 1955 in the South. In the PACT Act officially signed into law, this is a law meant to help veterans harmed by exposure to toxic chemicals while serving in the U.S. and armed forces. The CDC changed its guidelines in regards to COVID-19. This probably would have normally been a big story on Fox News, but they didn't really talk about it. They were just talking about Mar-a-Lago. The suspect arrested for the killing of several Muslim men in New Mexico. That's kind of a mysterious story. It seems the suspect is also Muslim. He knew all these men. Kind of a crazy story. Fox didn't mention it at all. The polo virus is found in New York City wastewater, which is highly alarming. Most uh, New York City residents have been vaccinated for polio, which is a good thing. But yeah, the return of polio is not good. Okay, member of the Iran Islamic Revolutionary Guard just was arrested because they found a murder plot to kill former National Security Advisor John Bolton. Um, then there was Secretary of State Anthony Blinken visited several African countries, including Congo, and that's kind of controversial. And then there was a, also a presidential election in Kenya. And Africa is a very interesting continent because they have a somewhat cozy relationship with Russia because they get most of their food and energy from Russia. So they tend to not really, un they just have a different relationship with Russia than the rest of the world. And Blinken is trying to maintain healthy relations with the United States, basically is what that trip was all about. There was wildfires and extreme drought in Europe, as well as excessive rain in Sudan. Fox News repeatedly ignores stories about climate change. Um, China is winding down military drills around Taiwan. That has since changed, but that's what was reported last week on PBS. The Iran nuclear deal talks resume. Robert Malley, U.S. Special Envoy for Iran, was on PBS, and he basically said that Trump's pullout from the Iran nuclear deal was an abject failure and that the Iranians have never been closer to making a nuclear weapon until now. It's absolutely just a terrible, terrible situation that Donald J. Trump got us into. Um, and then the last two were a ceasefire in Israel-Palestine. Fox News blatantly, completely ignores Israel-Palestine. They do not report on it ever. They don't report anything on it. I don't know what it would take for them to mention that that country exists, but they, they just don't touch it. Um, my favorite, I saved it for last, is Donald J. Trump pleaded the fifth 440 times in a deposition to New York State regarding his real estate business. And that is just incredible because he used to criticize anyone who pled the fifth and he went on and on and on about it. And here he is pleading the fifth 440 times. That's absolutely bonkers. It's completely crazy. Um, then we finally have by the numbers, which are the charts, which are very striking this week. They just are completely different. PBS NewsHour had like much more balanced coverage and Fox News was just the Mar-a-Lago raid for the most part. And then uh, I also had my, I, every week, if you're new to the podcast, I take uh, transcripts of every single hour of Fox News that I cover. Um, I put them into one huge giant transcript and then I search for words. And the comedy is Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez shows up every week. There's only one week she didn't show up. Uh, this past week she was mentioned 14 times, because why not? Um, Communist Marxist was, was showed up eight times. Also rather nutty considering, um, planted evidence was mentioned 21 times, which is absolutely crazy. So coming up, I'm going to be doing a special podcast cheat sheet 
for just the Hillary Clinton emails. And I'll be watching Fox and Friends The Five and Tucker Carlson tonight this week. Thank you so much. I have a Patreon. I have Instagram. All that fun stuff. Thank you so much for listening.